Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 5. Show notes, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash D-A-Y-5. And I want to do a P.S. only it comes at the start of this show. I did decide, I made the decision and separated out dailyadventuretales.com from compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Two separate shows, two separate websites. So if you want to know about compulsive overeating, go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. If you want to know about retirement adventures and having fun and finding your own identity, go to dailyadventuretales.com. Though to make it handy, there's links to both sites going back and forth. So if you hit me on one, you'll find me on the other. Thanks so much for listening. Compulsive Overeating Diary, day three, four, or five, depending on how brave I am, because I've been recording the last, oh, different days of the last week, but I just don't have the balls yet to actually post these episodes, because for different reasons, telling the truth about my compulsive overeating is really scary, especially when I feel pathetic or weak or like I'm not putting myself in the best light. Now on my other podcast, Daily Adventure Tales, if you want to hear this one, go to dailyadventuretales.com forward slash cliff, C-L-I-F-F. I interview a really super famous podcaster at the New Media Expo, and he says something in the course of that interview, that when you clean up your podcast too much you're try- and try to make yourself look really good, you no longer become relatable to your audience. So think about that. If I take all the ums out and I don't share the things that might make me not as happy and proud with my progress, am I really being real about my compulsive overeating journey? And that's definitely my intent, is to be real, both for myself, because it really is amazing for me when I re-listen to these episodes either during the course of editing them you got to do a little bit (laughs) just to put the podcast up or I re-listen to it usually on the walk home up the hill from the park and today um, it's a beautiful day on Sunday tomorrow it's two weeks since I started this endeavor of dealing with my feelings trying to get to the root of that to make different decisions about my compulsive eating behavior. And I have to admit that I cheated today and got on the scale a day early. I just wanted to see, I wanted to be rewarded for my behavior and I'll get to that story in a moment. I'm not sure it's good to get rewarded for what I did yesterday, but I got on the scale today and I was down to 219. So that means unless I I eat a bunch of salt today, that I've lost somewhere between four and five pounds, I'd say, maybe even a little more than five since I started. So it's making me feel better to be under that 220 mark. 
more like my goal of getting to 191 by June is actually in reach. It will make me feel very good to get under 200 pounds again. I haven't been under 200 pounds for well, three or four years now. Probably, I think I, I maintained that weight around 190, 191 for the year that I was 50. And I went to Florida when I was 51 for that birthday. And then that was when I had my bike accident. And if you want to know more about that, go to dailyadventuretales.com and you'll see a link Lori's story in the menu and it tells you about how I started Daily Adventure Tales. But I've had a pretty serious bike accident and I've had my ups and downs ever since then. And I retired earlier than I was expecting at age 52 and I've had my ups and downs with that also. But my weight, the closest I got was last year when I really worked hard and got down to about 202 pounds. I thought, oh, hooray, here I am. I'm going to get under 200. And for some reason, external reasons, or because I couldn't deal with that sense of success, or it was scary, or I don't know why, for the last six or seven months, I've just been having my compulsive blinders on and eating whenever, whatever, without any kind of filter, self-filter, external filter at all. And as kind of a food addict, in a way it feels great. You feel free. You're like, Yahoo! I'll put all this stuff down my gullet. And now was I turning my emotions off with that. Until I kind of hit a place where I had to admit to myself, I saw a photo that Mark took, uh, you know, where I wasn't really expecting a photo to be taken. I saw a photo and I said, you know, that is what I really look like. In my head, I had been good at sucking in when I come to a mirror, sticking my chin out. You stick your chin out a little bit in all your photographs, with your selfies, you kind of get that double chin a little bit of a lift that way. <laughs> so what I know, I'm getting a picture taken. I'm turning three quarters, sucking in, putting up my posture, doing everything I can to appear as best as I can. And I guess there's nothing wrong with looking good for yourself, but there's also fooling yourself. And I've kind of been in that road lately. Last six months, I've been ignoring whatever's underneath my eating. So that's why I'm here with you guys right now. By talking is how I think. My husband is the opposite. He drives him nuts to hear me talking because he's the kind of guy that will think and think and think and think in silence for days on end and finally come up with some pearl of wisdom or an opinion about what he wants to say. And he's not used to people talking unless they know exactly what they want to say. So this podcast is giving me a chance to talk and talk it out. So you might be wondering, what, what's in the couple episodes that you recorded the last week that you didn't want to share? Well, one of them was from yesterday, and I was talking about how I wasn't feeling like my podcast and my blog is well-received. 
and wondering what to do about that. And it did make me feel pathetic to say that out loud. It is the truth. That's how I feel. I still haven't decided whether or not I'm actually going to post that one. The Wood Prior is actually kind of a, a success story where I go to Trader Joe's, a grocery store here in Southern California, and I think going across the country, and I set off to get just coffee. And I did, though I did get some almonds also, but I did not buy other things. But it felt almost overly produced to me. It was real, but I was giving myself these messages like, why would anybody care that you go to Trader Joe's and, and buy this? And I think that's the number one message that's underneath my eating at this point, is the feeling that nobody in the world, I mean nobody in the world, cares about me and what I'm up to and what I'm feeling like. And this is, goes way back, way back in my life. And it's an old, old button and an old, old trigger. Now, I know, like I have one good friend named Cheryl, who I spoke to by via Skype the other day for the first time. And if I actually become brave enough to post the episode from yesterday, you'll get to hear about that. But Cheryl's a great gal. She's supportive of me. She posts comments and she tells me all the time via online methods that she does care and that she values what I do. So I know there's at least one person in my corner. My husband, Mark, he's very different from me, but I do know that he does care we just relate very differently to life and we relate differently to each other. It's almost like I'm speaking English and he's speaking Spanish or, you know, two, two people that have different native languages trying to communicate well. And sometimes we have some translation issues, even though we're both native English speakers, our worldviews are so different that sometimes my assumptions or his assumptions are way off base, and even after 20 years, we're gonna be married 20 years this year, even after almost 20 years of marriage, we're just now learning about each other in some ways and understanding where we're coming from. And Mark, bless his heart, wrote me the most heartfelt review for iTunes. I couldn't believe it, it just touched my heart. So there's some external proof that Mark cares what I'm up to, cares what I'm trying to do, and that he gets me. And yet I've got this deep down gut feeling that tells me this all the time. Like, why are you, why are you talking? Why don't you shut up? People don't want to hear you. People don't care about you. Look, they're not coming to comment. You're, there's no market for what you're trying to do. That's what my voice tells me. That if I don't have an audience, that what I do isn't important kind of like the tree in the forest thing, right? If <laughs> the tree falls in the forest, there's no one to hear it. Is there a sound? Well, yes, there is, because the tree would be making sound waves. It doesn't matter whether there's someone to hear it, the tree is making the sound waves. And it's the same for me. I am talking through my compulsive overeating feelings and thoughts, whether or not you are there to hear me. Now, I'm hoping that there are some of you out there to hear me mostly because I know how lonely it can feel 
And some people that struggle with this issue don't have a support system in place where they can share their feelings and they don't feel understood. Now, I know my journey in compulsive eating is not the same as anybody else's, but there are some, some threads that'll probably ring true for anyone else who is suffering with an eating disorder. Some of the thoughts and feelings. Now, my, the way I play it out might be different. The things that trigger me might be different. The foods that are hard for me might be different. But I'm hoping that there is a community of shared experience that even if I never, ever, 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 ever see another review that's positive or get another, or ever get a comment on an episode to know that you care, it's still doing good in the world. I have to trust that. I just have to trust that and I have to trust myself that I'm good that I'm doing the best I can. And I think that's a a hard thing for me, really hard. In fact, I'm struggling right now because at this point in time, now I don't know, (laughs) today is, it's February of 2014, and I don't know how long these episodes are gonna live on. Right now, you'll find these compulsive overeating diary episodes are part of my website, Daily Adventure Tales. And when email subscribers, are subscribing to Daily Adventure Tales, they're also getting notified of this podcast, Compulsive Overeating Diary. And I did that for two reasons. I didn't really want to combine them, but my time, my money, and also is there, is this something I want to keep up with? And I'm really starting to feel uneasy about, I don't really want to be sharing my compulsive overeating stories with people who didn't actually sign up for wanting to hear them. It's very different topic from Daily Adventure Tales. So that's making me uneasy. It also makes me uneasy because my friends and my close friends and family are some of my subscribers to Daily Adventure Tales. And I'm not sure if I really wanna be spilling my guts to my friends and family unless they have specifically signed up to listen to this makes me scared. So on the one hand I'm dealing with, does that mean I should leave it integrated because I'm just having this feeling of fear? Or is this actually a good impulse in my brain that's saying, you know, Lori, time to split these two apart. Time to set up a different blog for compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Now, if I do that, it's going to cost me a little bit of money. It's going to cost me time. But I think my gut is kind of telling me that's the way I want to go. But hear me second guess myself. So that means I'm feeling unsure of what action to take. Like what for me, once you know an action, it's not that bad. Once you know what you're trying to do, you can just do the steps and feel like you're making progress to your goal. The indecision for me is like horrible. And so I just really want to eat chips right now. I really do. That's, I feel like eating chips because I don't know what to do. There's all kinds of technical things too, since I've got a podcast up and going, how to change it over, all that's big pain. Don't really want to deal with it, but I am thinking that that's the way to go, but I'm not positive. 
So my takeaway for today is for me indecision and feeling unsure and feel like what I'm doing isn't the right thing, really big trigger. And that hit me yesterday. I have what I would call a dieting binge. <laughs> a dieting binge is where you know exactly how much food that you can eat in any one day, but you eat it all at once. And that's what I did. I started struggling with these feelings that I'm describing to you right now. In fact, it got triggered even worse because of the episode I recorded yesterday, which was basically about I wish people would comment more on the show notes. But I came home so upset about that and feeling like so pathetically like I'm not good from that episode and this whole swirling in my head about should I or should I not split out compulsive overeating diary into its own thing that I ate my regular lunch that I'd planned and then every other piece of food that I had planned to eat that day. And the only recourse to stay within my calories was to not eat the rest of the day. And that's what I did. Now, that also sounds very self-punishing. I had made the decision that if I actually got very hungry by the end of the evening, I would like eat some soup or eat some vegetables or some salad or you know eat something. And actually, because I'd eaten so much at the start of the day before 2 p.m., I wasn't terribly physically hungry by the end of the day. I was able to go to sleep, wake up this morning, make my steel oatmeal, have my normal lunch, and get back onto it. But no, I don't recommend this. I don't think you should say, yeah, I got 1,500 calories. Let me eat the biggest banana split or whatever the 1,500 calories and then just not eat. That's kind of a path of compulsive behavior that will hi there that will lend you in some trouble with disordered eating so I know this I'm admitting to it today I've had my oatmeal I've had a tangerine it's time for lunch and as I walk up the hill that's what I'm going to have as my lunch but what triggered it was that feeling of not being good enough of being pathetic and being indecisive So that's the thing for me to, those are the feelings. And the interesting thing is every time I share these feelings, whether I actually post it online or whether it's only for me to hear as I walk up the hill, when I identify these feelings and I say them out loud, it does make me feel like a weight is lifting off my chest and my spirit. So if you are out there, I hope you're having a good day. If you're not having a good day, know that I care and I support you in making a decision to make your day better, whether it's taking a drink of water, take a walk, listen to something that's inspirational for you, have a bath, whatever it is that will make you feel like you care about yourself. Anyway, I'll talk to you soon.
And to go along with making compulsiveovereatingdiary.com its own site and the podcast its own podcast, there's a brand new podcast hotline for you to call. This one is only for compulsive overeating diaries. So if you've got a question about today's episode or you have any story or you just want to ask me a question, go ahead and give it a call. This new number is 206-350-6445. And I'll also put this on the website. And here's a sample. This is my first phone call to test out the sound quality. This is what you would sound like here on CompulsiveOvereatingDiaries.com. Hi, this is Lori, and I'm calling myself at our brand new Compulsive Overeating Diary hotline. So if you'd like to leave your story or your comment, please call me at 206-350-6445. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.